Okay, hello, good evening. Nice to see you. Just looking around, some of the familiar faces and some uh, unfamiliar. So either way, I'm uh, I'm glad you're here, and I'm uh, I'm glad that I'm here. I'm looking forward to these days of discovery that we have together. Just uh, reflecting a little bit before coming in on the title. Loving what is. And then, I'm not sure if they actually printed it in the, in the program, but there was a bit in brackets afterwards. Did you see the bit in brackets that went with? Yeah. Loving what is, whether we like it or not. Might be too much to ask. That... And depends, of course, on the connotations, the associations we might have with love. Love, this kind of sublime word. Certainly, the word which points to a kind of sublime human experience. And yet, which also is used very much in a kind of throwaway way. And um, no doubt, or at least I hope, over the weekend, part of what we'll explore, part of what you'll notice, may be the kind of uh, the expectations or the the self-imposed ideals maybe around love it sounds very nice to love what is to uh, exist in some kind of loving relationship with ourselves with others with life and that ideal is certainly pointing to some Uh, beautiful, some profound possibility. And of course, each one of us has some deep sense of that possibility. Otherwise you just wouldn't have come, right? You wouldn't have responded to the title. There's probably one of you two who had forgotten what the title was, it's just that the dates fitted, right? And that's why you're here. But, nevertheless, that sense we have of the possibility to exist, and just to reflect on that, the possibility to exist in a genuinely loving relationship, irrespective of conditions, irrespective of whether what is happening is agreeable to us or not, whether we like it or not this sense we have of the possibility of loving, of relating to in an an open, curious, gracious, authentic, respectful way. To the movements of our life, to what's happening in heart, mind, body, world, we may have that, that deep sense from our own experience, the experience of love as something sublime in the human heart. The qualities of joy, of ease, of a sense of rightness, 
that may go with the experience of love, the sense of expansion, the 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 kind of the delight, the kind of the sweet or maybe honey-like, uh, uh, yeah, the exquisite qualities that we may associate with the experience of love. We may have the experience in ourselves of a way in which um, the experience of love completely changes our sense of ourselves, wherein we the the sense is lost of either being the one doing the loving or the one receiving the loving. We have the experience of of uh, knowing. A condition in which love seems to be the very um, the very stuff out of which life is made, the very energy that uh, makes us up or that passes between us. We may have a sense in in a mystical and yet very tangible way of what's what's meant in the Christian tradition by the idea that God is love. We may have um, not, not such a relationship to that kind of experience and yet some deep intimation, maybe some deep hope that that kind of relationships possible. That kind of experience that we that we intuit in the chinks between our maybe more familiar relationship with life, of being somewhat defensive, demanding, distracted. So kind of. Sometimes think of those three, those three D's, as the kind of unfortunate holy trinity of everyday experience. Often seem to pass much of our lives between being, between defending, distracting, and demanding from life. Each of which is a kind of anathemical. I said that right. Is that a right right word? Anathema. To what I'm speaking about as a loving relationship. The demanding that we do in trying to kind of, you know, load our ideas of what we want, what we need, what should happen for us, to us. Onto the circumstances of the moment. The defending, resisting, pushing away, refusing what's happening. And the distracting. They're just kind of checking out of what's alive in our experience in, in, in order to somehow go unconscious, to go comfortably numb as Pink Floyd coined the term so we have this kind of ideal 
And I think it's important to name it as an ideal. And beginning the weekend together. This ideal, and not to forget, and you have to see for yourself, the the associations that we have with the ideal of loving what is. You might just see for yourself, and hopefully see for yourself throughout the weekend as that may change, what, what it is. What do you imagine? What do you reference in your experience? What do you set up for yourself as, as this sense of being in loving relationship, free relationship, sensitive relationship, accommodating, welcoming, allowing relationship with life? Does that ideal have a particular uh, look to it? A sense of what it ought to look like, what it ought to feel like? We have this ideal then of, as I say, being in loving relationship. But we have to be very careful with ideals. Because we tend... And some of us tend rather powerfully, run rather painfully, to measure ourselves against ideals. And inevitably, when we measure ourselves against ideals, we find ourselves usually to be somewhat lacking. So we have the ideal of oh, loving what is, and we have whatever associations go with that. With imagine us kind of floating around Gaia House in some kind of airbrushed, soft-focus version of ourselves. And then we find ourselves in the lunch queue or uh, waiting for the bathroom or whatever it is, feeling impatient, feeling uh, restless. We find ourselves in meditation, distracted, bored, or any other you know, nuance of human experience that doesn't look like the airbrushed loving of what is happening. And how easily then, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I should be loving what is. What's the matter with me? We easily blame ourselves, what's the matter with me? Or we blame the, the situation. What's the matter with this retreat? Useless retreats, not helping me to love my love. What is? We can blame me with that useless guy up the front. What does he know about it? And the blame goes in those three directions usually: towards oneself, towards one other, the other, or towards the general the situation. It's very interesting, though. There, in that moment, the tendency—feeling bored, for example, in meditation. To contrast that with some ideal of a loving relationship with things, and then it seems wrong. Should be loving what is, love, I should be loving this meditation, but I'm feeling bored. Actually, the invitation, as we'll discover more and more, the invitation of this practice and the explorations around it we'll be doing together is to love what is. And sounds like, in the example of giving, that what is, is the state of boredom. We're not asked at any point 
in this weekend or in the whole of our lives, we're not asked to substitute the experience we're having for a different, better, more lovinger experience. We're asked to bring our care, bring our interest, bring our receptivity, bring our curiosity to the very experience we're having, which may not be one that feels like love. It may be boredom, it may be resistance, it may be all manner of the kind of habitual uh, reactive patterns that we might notice in ourselves around the way we react to things. Conditioned by our tiredness, conditioned maybe by the, uh, some of the factors going on in the rest of our life, con- con- conditioned by some of the patterning that we may be more or less aware of that has been set up in our childhood and ever since. And so this ideal we have of loving what is includes every shade and variety and tone of experience that might land in our lap, as it were, this weekend. To have this ideal, this intention to be in loving relationship with things means that there's no wrong experience. There's no wrong feeling. There's no success or failure in this practice. There's no way to get it wrong. Wherever we go, whatever we find, whatever shows up, that's the, the invitation of, of the practice, the invitation of the moment is right there. And whatever shows up is by virtue of the fact that it's here, the fact that this, this boredom or this uh, reactivity or whatever, the fact that this is what's filling the heart or or, um, stimulating the mind in this moment, the very fact of its here-ness, its immediacy, it's, it's, uh, it's the fact that it's inhabiting us right now, That fact is what makes it deserving of our care, of our curiosity, of our interest, of our welcome. To love what is, is to really pay a deep respect to life. To pay a deep respect to ourselves is to be willing to meet our experience without, as much as possible, without overlaying it with demands for what should be happening, with defences, rejections of what's here, and without distracting, lifting out, going off. Wondering about the lunch menu. So the the setup 
of the weekend, of these precious few days we have together, is really to support this coming close to ourselves, firstly, in order to see, and to see, uh, it seems to me that after 20 years or so of practicing meditation and this kind of investigation, it seems to me like there's no limit to how close we can come to ourselves. The closer we come, the more we discover, the more layers, the more subtleties, the more, um, the more space. And these days are really set up, firstly, to, to facilitate our coming close to ourselves. And the meditation that we'll practice, which I'll speak about a little more in a minute, and then we'll make some time to sit together in meditation this evening, designed really to, to support this, this coming close to what's here. Not trying to conform to our ideas of what meditation ought to be like but coming close to ourselves as we are. Coming close to ourselves in a way that inevitably involves recognizing these, these kind of three um, tendencies, demands, defenses, distractions, and offers us a training, in fact, to, to abide with ourselves in an undemanding way in an undefended way, in an undistracted way. It might be a very, might be a kind of um, a skillful orientation. Rather than setting up the ideal that I ought to be loving what is, to set the intention, that willingness to see, to abide in an undemanding way, in an undefended way, in an undistracted way. It doesn't mean that the demands and defences and distractions won't happen, but that we're willing when we notice ourselves lost in some demanding fantasy caught up in some defensive uh, kind of uh, refusal or pushing away of or fighting against what's happening. Lost in some distraction, some memory, some fantasy, some plan, some imagined conversation, some endless replay of the long dead past. The willingness to come back to the immediate the direct, the uh, physical, that which is actually here, that which is unfolding in this mind, in this heart, in this body. Meditation practice designed in that way to help us come close to ourselves in order, in order to see, in order to see 
what might be here that's obscuring a free relationship with things? If we were if we were able to choose, we would choose a loving relationship. Who wouldn't? If we'd say, "Would I like to abide freely, openly, intimately, lovingly, spaciously with all that happens?" Oh, yes. And yet we don't get to choose. We, we're to a degree that might shock us even. We seem to be kind of Pavlovian in our, in our tendency to respond to our conditioning, to react through those three primary tendencies that I've mentioned and all the, all the various nuances of that. So to come close to ourselves over these days in order to see what's going on that makes me uh, respond in a way that may be by moments definitely sensitive, loving curious, allowing but that also has room in our practice to, to be close to ourselves in those moments when we notice ourselves responding in a way that's maybe mistrustful, suspicious angry confused bored So as much as possible, that our, pra- our, our uh, endeavor, our exploration this weekend is wide, limitlessly wide, hopefully, in what we're willing to include. And so nothing, like I said, no wrong experience, no wrong feeling. Just to have a sense of of this meditation hall, and and in the same way, actually, the whole kind of field in which we're living together this weekend, the field of Gaia House, as the physical container, the field of our own heart, as the container of our experience, as one which has no prohibitions, no taboos, no, no experience that's unwelcome. That's unallowed. That's not to say that there's any behaviour that's unwelcome or unallowed. Maybe plenty of things that pass through heart and mind that we that we wouldn't wish to act out. Right? So an important distinction. Loving what is doesn't mean it doesn't mean that we somehow kind of. Uh, Act, yeah, act out whatever passes through. But in terms of uh, the the you know, the willingness and the capacity to to feel, to meet, to explore, nothing that needs pushing away, and similarly, nothing that needs to be uh, grasped for. No particular thing that ought to happen. So part of that, um, as well as that within the meditation practice, as I say, in terms of just this field of living together at Gaia House, we can express that openness, that care, that respectfulness 
to the process by you know taking care of each other taking care of this this field in which we're participating respecting the silence of each other letting yourself kind of bathe in in the uh, in the uh, I've got the French word in my mind berceau what do you say in the cradle I think it's in the cradle of uh, silence the, the walls and the floors and the, the the grounds of Gaia House are kind of have been seeped in the silent, respectful, intimate, mindful comings and goings of people for a couple of decades now. And for some of you, if this is the first time that you're that you're uh, going to be um, mostly pretty much in silence for some days. It may feel a little strange. It may feel a little awkward. Maybe you've never sat and had a meal and at a table and sat opposite somebody and just eaten in silence. Sometimes can feel a little yeah, unfamiliar, even awkward. That very awkwardness, that very unease, that very uh, not sure about thisness, that experience invites your care, your interest, your exploration. What's this discomfort? It's not wrong. It's not that I shouldn't be feeling uncomfortable. But what's happening here? What's it feel like? What's it remind me of? That's the meeting of unease in a respectful way, in a loving way. In the meditation practice together, in order to really support this, um, these qualities that I've been alluding to and which we'll, we'll explore more as the days go by, I really want to support you in meditation, in being bright, in bringing these qualities of connection and curiosity and care to your experience. So if you're keeping track, we had the three Ds before, right? Demands, distraction, uh, defenses, distractions that afflict heart and mind. Now we've got the three Cs, right? These qualities of attention, qualities of love, I could say, that really support the, the meeting and the exploring and the understanding and the liberating of heart and mind. Contact, curiosity, care. So one of the ways I'd like to really support uh, those qualities this weekend is in not having the meditation sessions be too long. So we, we, I don't think we'll ever sit for more than half an hour in an uninterrupted way. And so, partly with that, in order to support sustaining these qualities, sustaining the contact, 
sustaining the curiosity, to sustaining the care for what's happening. In order that we, you know, meditation has a has a makes a deep imprint in our consciousness, and so we want to be using meditation in a way that what we're imprinting on our consciousness is really helpful. And sometimes, certainly. Those of you who have done longer retreats know that with a certain way and with some time of training the mind, there can be a settledness and a brightness and a concentration that can really sustain for longer periods of time. But also in a few short days spent together, I think sometimes meditating too long, we end up with a bit of, bit of contact, a bit of, bit of curiosity, trying to take care, after a while, we just kind of zone out. And so, could it be that sometimes what we're calling meditation, this great liberating practice, actually what we're imprinting on consciousness is dull mind, hazy mind, hanging around waiting for the bell mind. So, my side of the deal is I offer you the great gift of fairly short sitting sessions. Your side of the deal is contact, curiosity, care. Try really the endeavouring to bring as much brightness, as much contact, as much wholeheartedness to this process as you're able. If there's a word that really fits this this uh, ideal we have of, of loving what is, then wholeheartedness, to meet ourselves wholeheartedly. And so even now, before we spend a bit of time in formal meditation together, just really to see in your experience right now, what does it mean, what would it mean to respond to this invitation? to meet yourself, to allow your experience wholeheartedly. Allowing the, the experience of just the physicality of being here. Allowing your body to be known to consciousness. And the pressure of your bottom, your legs on the floor or the chair. This wholehearted meeting with just the immediate experience of being in a body. Noticing the sense of relaxation that may be there in places. Noticing any tension that may be there in places. To wholeheartedly allow whatever feeling state, mind state is here at the moment. 
maybe feeling inspired, maybe feeling tired. Just to include whatever flavour of that is there. Maybe feeling engaged already, maybe uh, still various bits and pieces from uh, your day to day or the impacts of other areas of your life. In which case, noticing they're, they're passing through, noticing that contact. Just sensing the room. Just in that invitation to meet ourselves wholeheartedly, the volume of presence has gone up. Sensing the quality of attention, attunement. Wakeful, mindful, careful attention that's here. There's no part of our experience, there's no depth of our experience that can't be met by this careful mindful, attuned attention. There's no part of our experience that doesn't respond to, that doesn't open up to, that doesn't free up under the gaze of contactful, curious, caring attention. But don't take my word for that. Find out. Turn towards yourselves this weekend in each moment. Be willing to meet what's here. Whatever it looks like. Whether you like it or not. Whether it fits your self-image or not. And in this way of relating, inevitably, definitely, unstoppably, demands and distractions and defences start to lose their power. And a wider, freer, more sensitive, more inclusive, more free, way of relating to life starts to shine through so let's spend a little time in meditation together Um, please feel free just to stand up for a minute or two and stretch your legs if you need to uh, before we sit
And if you're feeling a little lonely or far away at the back, there are some spare cushions at the front here. And personally, I'd, I'd love it if you were a little nearer. So, some people feel some kind of old karma from school, maybe about hanging out at the back of the class, I don't know. But uh, you're, you're welcome to stay wherever you are, but just to know that there are some more spaces and anyone's free to move forward. So just a word or two about posture. We can make a little more time tomorrow if people are unsure about meditation posture. I'll make some time to, to speak with you about that or do some correcting of posture if you'd like. But the, there's three parts of posture that are, that are really, really helpful. And it really doesn't matter whether you're sitting on the floor or a bench or a chair. Right? And it re- certainly really doesn't matter to try and kind of twist your legs into some kind of impressive Asian <laughs> knot. Right? But the three things that are helpful are firstly to sit in a way that's really kind of stable so that you've got this um, sort of triangle of stability if you're on the floor that might be that's the triangle of your buttocks and your knees if you're on a chair it's your your bum on the chair and your your two feet kind of planted flat stable in front of you and and then really sit being as straight as you can it might feel a little artificial at first to sit really straight but it's actually very, very helpful. It supports a quality of uprightness, brightness. And so a way to get the feeling for that straightness is really to elongate your spine as much as you can, your neck. And then even exaggerating that uprightness a little and then just letting that relax. Having a sense of your vertebrae sitting one on the other and then resting one on the other. So stable and upright. And second quality is to have your chest open. And you can really support that just by rolling your shoulders back a little. And then again, just letting them relax. It's having that sense of the openness in your chest that really supports a quality of receptivity. Of being undefended. And thirdly, then the quality in your belly, just letting your belly be soft, loose, round, relaxed.
hands at rest on your knees or in your lap. And just really sensing into, letting your, your conscious attention fill up the sense of your posture. Alert, stable and upright. Open. And undefended. Relaxed. And at ease. Noticing the naturalness of being aware, of directly feeling the body sitting here. Naturally attuned to your experience. Notice the movement of your breathing. Naturally moving. A natural intelligence in the body. It just breathes in and out by itself. Just really feeling the movement of breath. Not the idea, but the direct physical experience, letting your attention really inhabit the moving in breath. The relaxation happens naturally on the out-breath. The expansion in the body that happens naturally on the in-breath. Letting your attention, this capacity we have to know, to feel, to allow our experience. Letting this capacity receive the experience of breathing.
not needing to give energy to any other aspect of experience particularly letting everything else just go by not trying to stop it arising just letting it pass by on the outskirts of awareness passing thoughts passing sounds while you connect wholeheartedly just to this simple intimate experience of breathing Being very simple, just bringing wholehearted, gentle, caring attention to experiencing the movement of breathing. Really sensing into the sensation of expansion during the in-breath a sensation of relaxation on the out-breath Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.